Welcome in. We've got a Monday edition of the Sports Huddle on SEMO ESPN Radio. You can find us at 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and always online at SEMO ESPN.com. Eric Sean and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer Jess Boland inviting you to join us here in the huddle. Here's the huddle hotline number powered by EBOMD. It is 573-334-1220. 573-334-1220. The hotline powered by EBOMD. Marty Michau going to join us a little bit later on. We'll get the Monday Marty party. Big weekend of football. Uh, baseball news involving the St. Louis Cardinals. We'll get to that. Jess Bolin in the house. How was your weekend? Oh, I don't know how it could be better. My daughters were in, from out of town and the son-in-law. And When my son-in-law comes to town, Darren Moore, he fixes so many things around the house and helps me so much. I mean, I can't believe it. And then my daughters just simply won't let you do anything, hardly, you know. You need some things fixing around the house. Well, yeah. See, I don't want to get on ladders anymore. Stuff like that. I never wanted to get on a ladder. <laughs> well, <laughs> See, I too to, many videos on social media. You used to didn't mind it, but uh, as you get older, your balance is not as good. So shy away from things that well, you should. A lot of people don't, but I, I got sense enough. I think to know that. Uh, my man's got to know his limitations. I think I know mine. So, do you know yours? I'm not sure. That's a nice looking shirt you got on. A pullover, zip up front, SEMO. That's nice. Quarter zip. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. Yeah, we've got the uh, coaches show coming up uh, at 12 noon. Coach Brad Corn, his Red Hawks went uh, 0-2 in Chattanooga over the weekend. Uh, the two teams they lost to are combined eleven and one. You got just. I need to go figure up the records of the Red Hawks' five losses this year. Uh, they have played some really good teams. Evansville six and zero for the first time since nineteen sixty four. So we'll talk with Brad Corn and uh, the Red Hawk volleyball team had a great season, and their head coach Julie Yankis will be at the coaches' show as well. So. That will be at 12 noon, Coach's Show, Wings, etc. Just the uh, breaking news this morning, the St. Louis Cardinals have signed free agent pitcher Sonny Gray. The reports are three years, $75 million, $25 million AAV. So that gives you now a rotation that includes Lance Lynn, will be 37, Kyle Gibson, 36 years old, Miles Michaelis, along now with Sonny Gray, Stephen Matz, Zach Thompson. So as far as major league starting pitchers, you have six of them under contract as of today, once Gray signs the deal. And they don't have enough. Uh, Surely, and that's SU, not Surely, we don't have to roll back the tape on this one. I've been saying the cards will sign Sonny Gray for about two months now, but I'm sure you probably don't remember it. No. <laughs> I mean, you could roll back about any tape that we talk about baseball, and I said cards will get Sonny Gray. And why did I say that? Well, in my opinion, he's third, fourth, fifth guy in line as being the best. 
So that means I guess you take Yagamoto off the off the list. You take Blake Snell off the list, and you sign a five inning pitcher. See, if I was doing that, I might sign him, but he wouldn't be my ace, Sonny Gray. I would sign Walker instead of Lynn. Get a few years there, and Walker's a better pitcher. No question than Lynn, don't you think, at this point? Yes. And they could have got him probably similar amount of money. I don't know. He might have to tweak it a little bit. I don't think their staff is good enough yet. You mentioned some names, and if all those guys stayed healthy, especially Mats, they they could compete probably, but they still don't have that ace. Sonny Gray is a number two on any decent team. Yeah, not an ace. So they really still, good, really good. I still been wanting them to, and I still do want them to sign the Japanese pitcher. I think he's twenty six years old, twenty five. Even he would, younger. He would come in and immediately be your ace. Now you slide Sonny Gray to number two, and arguably Stephen Match or Michaelis or whoever number three, and you start working down the list. Lynn's got to be a four or five on his staff for me. Gives up way too many home runs, and um, I wouldn't have had him anyway because he said he didn't want to come to St. Louis again. So I, uh, that would eliminate him right there for me. In Major League Baseball last year, these are the top five pitchers who gave up the most hits in all yeah. of Major League Baseball. Cars have three of them. Number one, Miles Michaelis gave up more hits than any pitcher in Major League Baseball. Patrick Corbin of Washington, number two. Logan Webb of San Francisco, number three. Kyle Gibson gave up the fourth most hits in Major League Baseball. Lance Lynn gave up the fifth most hits in Major League Baseball and led the majors, giving up 44 home runs. So of the top five pitchers, hits allowed last year, the Cardinals have three of the five. Yep. I read the same article. You know, I think cards have been so used to winning the last decade and a half. If they think they can march anybody out there and win a division title, that day's gone for them. Well, Dusty Blake, the veteran pitching coach, he'll get them all ready yeah, to roll. Yeah, he will. Probably He's probably younger than anybody in that starting rotation, wouldn't you say, Dusty Blake? So Sonny Gray just turned 34, by the way. Now, Sonny Gray's a good pitcher. Don't Very get me wrong. Good. His spin rate on his... Slider or his sweeper, whichever one you want to go by. I guess his sweeper, probably. Do you think he's an ace? No, he's not no. an ace. I've been saying that for two months. And I've been saying that the cards would sign him. And I'd be glad to roll back the tape. It's just that the reason why it wasn't an idea that I had knew something nobody else knew is the idea that he was number three or four on the list of guys that you would want to sign and that's where they start their bidding on guys that are down the list. And of the top flight pitchers, Nola, Blake Snell, Yamamoto, 
You drop Sonny Gray. And of all of the, the top flight pitchers that are available on the free agent market, don't you think Sonny Gray is the cheapest option of the top free agent pitchers? Yeah, I hate to say cheapest when it's $25 million a year, but as far as talent and price, yeah, yeah. He's number four. And if Nola didn't sign with the Phillies, probably number five. I just don't think the Cardinals have rolled the page over enough to say they're a bona fide contender for the Central Division. Now Not with that pitching staff. They've got guys that eat innings. Gibson, yeah, Michaelis, you know, you like and to, Lynn you like to eat the, innings. They eat innings, all right, but you'd like for them to leave the game once in a while when you got a lead. Just because the guy pitches six or seven innings, but he walks out and you're trailing four to two every time. I mean, that's that's all we have heard so far from John Mosellock. We got innings eaters with Gibson and Lynn. I just uh, the Cardinals overall club, and you and I think uh, think we agree on this. They're hitting their offense, their speed, their power, the de- defense. Everything is okay that you could you can compete with it. No, you the way I look at it is. Every time I would build a ball club, I'd say, can I win with him? Can I win with that guy's shortstop? You know, do I need upgrade there? And the Cardinals, if you look at their lineup and everything, and they get their numbers, I would say I could win with that team in the Central Division. You better have good defense because if yeah, you've you got three it. of the top five guys and hits allowed, the ball is in play it a is. lot. And the Cardinals do have a good defense. So that's uh, not a problem that they can match up with, you know, in-play type of pitchers. Just don't hit it the but right they field. Just, these guys are not the quality. Now, maybe a Kyle Gibson, sure, you know, a few years back. You know, and same with Lynn, Lance Lynn. He was a much better pitcher five years ago. But I think the Cardinals are kicking the tire and putting a spare on. It's got a boot in it. Oh, wait a minute. Nobody... Nobody has a boot in their tire anymore. <laughs> in my day, you had a knot on your tire or a hole in it. You stick a boot. You take a, it's a piece of rubber that would go on the inside of your tire, maybe a foot long. And you'd glue it in there where it'd stay over the hole. <laughs> I don't think anybody uses boots anymore, though. But that's kind of the way I look at a Band-Aid on a scratch, you know. And the Cardinals, well, they're trying to put a Band-Aid on a three-inch cut. <laughs> it's not going to work. They're not They're not ready to win the Central Division yet. I don't care what they say. Not with that staff. It's better. I say the staff starting out the season with those five you mentioned, or six, is better than they had last year. But it's not good enough. It's simply aid. So now you've got six starting pitchers ready to go. You're counting Thompson. I'm counting Zach. I'm saying yeah. starting pitchers in the major leagues who are now on the Cardinals roster. As soon as Gray inks this deal, you've got six. Sonny Gray is your one. Miles Michael. Well, going by that route, you could list Libertor then as one of the starters, too. Because he's probably started as many games as Thompson did. Just not good enough. I'm sorry. If I had that ball club, I'd tell my GM, you're not done. 
If you think you're dumb, with expect me to win. I guarantee you they are done in free agency. I think they are, too. Guaranteed. For starting pitchers. They they haven't even touched one of the worst bullpens in Major League Baseball. They haven't even touched that. Oh, yeah. Wilking Rodriguez got a minor league uh, spring training invite. Uh, They were counting on Wilking Rodriguez last year, and now apparently he's healthy after surgery. So if he's a guy. I'd like to hear the conversation between guys like Goldschmidt and Arnado. And maybe some other vets on the team behind closed doors. Do you think they respect or fear Lance Lynn when they batted against him? Or guys like Kyle Gibson or guys like Sonny Gray? I remember one of the games the Cards pitched, he pitched against Card last year. They knocked Gray out in about the third inning. So I don't, and I understand he's a good pitcher. He's better than what you had. He's a five-inning pitcher, though. He's ready to get out of the game after five. And um, I just put it this way. I'd rather have Nola. I'd rather have Blake Snell. I'd rather have Yakamoto or whatever his name is. No doubt. I mean, there's a lot of them I'd rather have. And I'd rather have Waka for sure over Lance Lynn. In all of Major League Baseball last year, here are the top three in terms of earned run average for starters. Blake Snell, one, 225. Garrett Cole, two, 263. Those are the two Cy Young winners. Sonny Gray, third in the majors among starting pitchers, 279 ERA. And he threw four more innings than Blake Snell did. About 184. I'm 184. I maybe I'm in the back of the bus here and don't uh, don't realize where I'm going on this issue. But put it this way, I am from Missouri, and they're going to have to show me what they can do. I just I don't trust. I, in other words, if I was managing, that's what we always look at. If I'm managing this team, what do I think uh, I would need? And I'm telling you now, this pitching staff, bullpen and starters, is not good enough to, for me to go into the season with the Cubs much improved and with the other team, Cincinnati's better team, that I think I can win that division. I don't think I can with that team. Not with the I, – I don't worry about matchups with defense, offense, speed. I don't worry about that matchup at all with the Cardinals. The matchup on the mound takes it all in. Of course, you know what I always say. If you're going to start a building a team, you start on the mound. So clearly they went the cheap route getting starting pitching with Gibson, Lynn, and Sonny Gray. They only well, are got committed. got about $50 million a year with those three. You're only committed to three years with Gray. Because you got 25 and Lynn's 10. That's 35. And um, Gibson's 11, I think. So you got $46 million tied up in those three guys a year. There's got to be guys out there that you could trade for that's better than Lance Lynn. Gibson's getting 
12 million one year plus an option. Lance Lynn's getting 11 million plus an option. So 48 million. So they've got those two guys and then an option if they want to retain them after next year. You want to bring back Gibson at age 37 if you want to bring back Lynn at age 38. And then Gray is 34. And you know, you talk about that age of the upper 30s. Uh, it's just a known fact that the older you get in sports, you're more likely to break down. Is that an honest statement, do you think? I mean... Um, not only break down, but your stuff erodes. Right. You lose the tick on that fastball and everything else. How, Remember Lance Lynn? How much will it help Lance Lynn, first of all, to be out of that horrible culture with the White Sox? He went to the Dodgers, and he had his moments. He pitched well at times for the Los Angeles Well, he pitched Dodgers. one of those playoff games for the Dodgers. Remember that? And it wasn't up good. Two or three home runs. Yeah, that wasn't good. Uh, Lance Lynn used to be a power pitcher to the extent of throwing about 75% of his pitches was fastballs. He come all the way up through college and everything else, the fastball dominant pitcher. He can't do that now. He can throw fastballs because, I mean, you can throw fastballs, a variation of two-seamer, four-seamer, that kind of thing, and be very effective. But once you start losing a mile or two off that velocity now all at once the movement on the sinker and, and and everything else is different it's not as good so last year he started throwing a lot more sliders and i just don't think that was a good sign honestly lance lynn i i, I wouldn't have done that whatsoever so after he left the losing culture in chicago he made 11 starts for the Dodgers. He went 7 and 2, 4.36 ERA, 16 home runs in 11 starts. Now, he'll be pitching at Bush Stadium. That'll help. help. That should <coughs> keep some of those balls in the ballpark, right? Yeah, it will help. So instead of giving up 44, he'll give up 36. <laughs> Still got a pitch on the road. Yeah. Uh, I'll put it this way. As a fan, I'm disappointed. If I was managing the team, thoroughly disappointed. Well, here's the thing about Marmol. What was the critique that we had when Jordan Montgomery was pitching for the Cardinals? How many times did we come back the very next day on this show and say, why it won't Marmol let him go deeper into games? How many times did we say that? Uh, too many. Okay, so you've got innings eaters in Gibson, Michaelis, and Lynn. Miles Michaelis pitched 201 innings. I think there were, what, three three guys in Major League Baseball that threw over 200 innings? No. One, two, three, four. There were five players in Major League Baseball that threw 200 innings. And Miles Michaelis is one of those guys. So 
He let Michaelis go pretty deep into innings, into games. Gibson threw 192 and Lynn threw 183. But with Ali Marmol, are they going to eat as many innings? No. Because Jordan Montgomery certainly It's just like, uh, hypothetically, you look at this. You're managing cards. You get in the playoffs. You draw the Phillies. Do you feel good marching Sonny Gray out there against Wheeler or Nola? I feel better marching Gray out there than Michaelis. I don't know. Quintana, the last time he played in the playoff games, or made the playoffs, he he couldn't have pitched better. Quintana was... Fantastic. I know. But what I'm saying is the matchups are not good for the cards. And then you go to game two where they got Nola, and you got, I don't know who's going to be number two on that stab, maybe Matts if he's healthy, maybe Michaelis. No good matchup there. I don't want to be – when I managed, and if I was managing them cards right now, I don't want to be beat on paper. You know what I mean? Give me a give me a half a chance to win. In other words, my guy I walk out there can compete with yours. I'm going to figure out ways to beat you, but that's okay. If Nola's pitching against me or Wheeler, that's up to me as a manager to figure out how I can manufacture a scratch out of two or three runs in a game to beat him. But I don't want to be beat before I start the game. And I think the cards, if you go to anybody else's, name me a team that's in the playoffs last year that the number one, number two guys in their starting rotation is not better than the Cardinals, at least in your opinion. (laughs) There's nobody. I mean, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Phils. Dodgers pitching is pretty banged up. Last year, <laughs> yeah, but I still think they're top two. They walk out there instead of Sonny Gray and Lynn. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> I'll take a guy if they want to have a bullpen start for the Dodgers a lot better than I take Cardinal stuff. Maybe, maybe I'm being overly pessimistic. You know, I've made a mistake or two in my life, so maybe I'm reading it different. I wish we had a call in where we could get more people's opinions on this show and just see what not 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 to where we have people call in and talk for 20 minutes it turns out being an interview of that person a person people that would call in and take a minute and explain why they like these two pitchers over the cards or like the cards pitchers whatever but uh, the Dodgers had three postseason games last year their starters were Kershaw, Bobby Miller, Lance Lynn. The Dodgers have been much better than that in the past. Well, they were all banged up. Yeah, yeah. Now, they won't have Otani pitching for them next year, but he'll be in the lineup. I still think he's going to Los I Angeles. I think Dodgers will get Otani. There's rumor out there the Cubs are in the bidding for him. We shall see. It'll be somebody else gets him beside the Cardinals, that's for sure. The Cardinals right now, they'll tell you they've spent out. But you know, you- I totally agree that they're not going the free agent route. The only thing that I can see 
Logan and Gilbert. you know how they do not want to trade their young players. If you could go out and get a Dylan Cease yeah. from the White Sox, but you're going to have to trade Nolan Gorman. I mean, Gordon Graceffo, Nolan Gorman, and I don't know, could you shuffle Tyler O'Neill off to the White Sox? He'd be a throw-in for I want to keep. I want Nolan Gorman hitting home runs for the Cardinals. But if you're going to make a trade for a top-of-the-rotation guy, which I believe if they go out and get another starter, and now I don't, I, I, I will bet a million dollars that it's not going to be free agency. But if you're going to get another pitcher, the only way that I see the Cardinals doing it with their apprehension to spend a lot of money in free agency is by a trade. Now, you put a trade together, say it's Gorman, Graceffo, Dylan Carlson. Let's just say that for Dylan Cease. Now how do you That's feel? That's a lot for Dylan Cease. Now how do you feel about he the wasn't Cardinals that good rotation? Last year, was he? Well, he played on a horrible well, team. Well, yeah, but what was his do you all numbers guy? What was his numbers? The year before, he no, was last second. Year. I understand. The culture is going to be totally different for Dylan Cease. Nobody had a good year for the White Sox. Nobody. Tim Anderson is a batting champion, and he was absolutely horrible last year. I wouldn't. When I was a player, I wouldn't want to play for the White Sox either. I never did rate the White Sox. I mean, I know they won a world championship with one of my pitchers on the mound. Cease is 27. Last year, 7-9. and nine. And remember, if you're looking at wins and losses, Sonny Gray was 8-8. Eight and eight. Kyle Gibson was 15-8 and because they won a lot of games in Baltimore. 7-9, and nine, 458 ERA, but 200 and 14 strikeouts last year. See, for a guy Cease. like that is a good pitcher, possibly. All right? Dylan Cease, he's pro- possibly and maybe probably would have a tick up and a boost up if he traded to anybody. Dif- you know, I, I do believe in that. A different area, different uh, location will will increase someone's desire to do well maybe they don't even know it but i think dylan cease would be a better pitcher for the cardinals than he was the white Sox. i don't have any doubts about that but the same token if a guy's 79 with almost a five earned run average you don't need to give up dylan carson and cephalo and and gorman and a whole bunch of guys for him i mean if you want you want to get up one quality ball player from the cardinals and say you well we'll give up carlson and Cepho. Or something like that. Cease, I can see it, but not three guys. Cease keeps the ball in the ballpark, too. In 33 starts, 177 innings he gave up. Well, Nin- other people see his potential, Nin- what he can do. 19 home runs. If they didn't, it. they wouldn't be anybody interested. There's a lot of teams interested in him. How would you feel about the Cardinals' rotation if suddenly Dylan Cease is a part much of it? better. Yes. Absolutely much better. But, you know, the, the bottom line is 
I don't think the Cards will go after anybody else on the mound. Maybe a relief pitcher here or there. They may pick up somebody else's scrap heap. Um, I, I just don't see them doing much more. And I, I, I think I think Mosaic dropped the ball. I really do. I think he dropped the ball on not going more deeper after Snell or the Japanese young pitcher. Jordan Montgomery. Jordan Montgomery be a good comeback. See, these are all uh, more expensive options than Sonny Gray. Absolutely. I would think that Jordan Montgomery probably require 30 a year. Wouldn't you think that'd be more in the neighborhood for him? Yes. Three years, $90 million. But he'd be your ace. Jordan Montgomery, come back to Carters, he'd be their ace. No question about it. He might be a lot of people's ace after what he did in the playoffs. Now you've got to focus on the bullpen. <laughs> you mean since he got the starting staff all secure? I think that's what they believe. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. You you uh, you taking calls? Well, since I had a mouthful when you asked me of a uh, drink, yes, I'd love to have a call. That's strategic on my I part. Know, I, I wait know. until you take Folks, a he bite. Does it, he does that to me all the time. <laughs> Let's go talk to our buddy Rusty. He's on the line. Rusty Hendricks on the EBOMD. Hey, our old buddy Rusty. How you doing, Rusty? Hi, Rusty. Hey, guys. How we doing? Ah, I'm struggling to get by, but barely making it. <laughs> well, yeah, I just wanted to chime in about the Cardinals. Uh, boy, you know, do I like the Sonny Gray signing on its own? Yeah, but when you add in the previous two signings with Gibson and Lynn, it's definitely lackluster. I mean... Uh, like you guys said, I, you hit it nail on the head. I mean, they're still lacking an ace. And, you know, they're going to have to get it in a trade probably like Eric said. I don't see them going after Yamamoto at this point. He's going to be too much money. And, you know, it's probably going to have to be a Glasnow, a Cease, or maybe you take a flower on a, a, a flyer on a Trevor Bauer or something like that. I don't know. But uh, it's it's pretty disappointing uh, the way things have gone right now. Um, they still have a lot of holes to fill, and, you know, you know, and at this point, now they're going to probably have to give up some of their young talent to get it. What, uh, would you would you do that, Waka than Lynn? Yeah, I would, and I don't think that Waka would have cost that much more nope. than a Lance Lynn. I mean, Lance Lynn, you know, ten eleven million dollars, and you throw in a Waka, he's probably somewhere around the, the fifteen million dollar range. I don't think it would have been that much more. You probably would have had to give him, you know, two or three years, but I would have done it. Walker's a much better pitcher than Lance Lynn. And but here's the thing, too, guys. Uh, you know, with Gibson and Lynn, you're going to be in the same boat next year because those are one-year you know, guys with club options. I mean, you're probably going to have to be looking for, for more help next year. You don't have any long-term contracts on your, your pitching side, really. Yeah, and that's, of course, the way the Cardinals look at it, Rusty, not the way you look at it or me or Eric. That gives them another year to develop pitchers in double AA, A, triple A to be ready for the following year, which is that I mean, most clubs do that. But I don't know that the Cardinals got one year guys ready to step in their rotation in the major leagues. You know, they got potential, but I don't know they got anybody knocking on the door besides Thompson and the, the name that everybody knows is Libator. Michael Waka last year on his one-year deal, and he had a team and player option 
for a couple of years, and they turned it down. But Waka last year, Jess, with the San Diego Padres, made $7.5 million. He went 14-4 and four with a 322 earned run average, 134 innings. So I think you got him for Lance Lynn money then. If he only made seven and a half. He's 32. Yeah, just a better pitcher, period. But I don't know. Maybe there's bridges burnt between him. I doubt it. You would think if there was a bridge burnt, Rusty, it would be more a Lance Lynn burnt bridge than it was Michael Waka. Yeah, I mean, Lynn was a guy that, you know, made a comment this past uh, trade deadline that he didn't really want to go back to St. Louis. Exactly. I'm I'm glad I didn't have to roll back the tape. But so, yeah, I mean, I think probably the, the only reason why they went the Lynn route instead of a guy like Waka is just the durability. Um, Waka's had some injury issues. He's a guy that doesn't throw a ton of innings. I think that's the biggest reason why they went that route. Waka has not thrown more than 126 innings since 2017. Well, I mean, if you go that route, then you're also talking about Sonny Gray, another guy that gives you five innings to start. I just don't think they're ready to win a central division with that starting staff. I'm sorry. That's just me, and I've got a few years of experience. Sonny Gray threw 184 innings this year. Of course, it always happens in a walk year. 184. The last time he threw that many innings was 2015 when he threw 208. 2019 with the Reds, he threw 175 innings. So, yeah, he's a, he's been a five-and-dive, Rusty, Sonny Gray, and uh, who knows, maybe Oliver Marmol extends him a little bit, uh, but now he's a big-dollar investment. Uh, are they willing to try to, you know, nurse him through six innings versus five? You know, maybe so. Uh, you know, it's at some point, but, you know, I don't see him throwing that many more innings than what he has this year. He said he threw around 180 innings, 184. So, I mean, 190, maybe you get closer to 200, but I, I doubt it could be much more. So you better you better improve your bullpen. You better improve your bullpen, and uh, you better get some of these younger guys to step up. So, I don't know. Uh, off season right now I think is a disappointment. There's a long way to go. You know, maybe they can, uh, you know, Find find some guys to improve to get better, and you they look better by uh, you know beginning of the season. But we'll see. But I uh, just wanted to chime in and, and give my opinion and uh, enjoy w- listening to you guys. So have fun. All right, Rusty. What's uh, what's coming up on the scramble this Saturday? We'll be talking uh, high school basketball, but uh, we'll be talking about the Cardinals again on Saturday. So that'll be uh, another topic we'll be talking about. Now you got a, a high school basketball game tonight. High school basketball tonight, Sykeston, uh, State Rake Sykeston, uh, starts their season at the uh, Fountain City Classic in DeSoto. So uh, they're a team to be watching this year. It should be fun. Riverview Gardens is the opponent? Riverview Gardens, who only had six wins a season ago in uh, Class 6, and uh, they're 0-3 this year. So uh, they haven't scored more than 35 points in a game so far this year. So uh, I think uh, Sykeston will be running and gunning here tonight. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. All right, uh, that's a 4 o'clock game, right? 4 o'clock. All right, on our sister station, KSIM. Call a good game. Rusty, thanks for checking in, man. 
You bet. Thanks, guys. Take All care. All right. Rusty Hendricks, host of the SEMO Scramble, Saturday mornings at 9. Jess, here's one thing I will say. I don't want to downgrade Sonny Gray. He is an excellent pitcher. I just don't know that he's a number one. I think he's a number two, but still a very good pitcher. Here's the thing about Gray. Okay, he did throw 184 innings. You got to like that. But in 184 innings, 32 starts, eight home runs allowed. It's good. 32 starts, eight homers. Well, you know, they say his spin rate is better than anybody's uh, in baseball on his slider or sweeper. I was watching that on MLB when they was going down and, and La Rosa was uh, bringing it up, you know. And I was impressed by that and how foolish some of the hitters were looking against that pitch that he's got. And he, he can get it up at 95. You know, I mean, he's just, like I say, he's a good pitcher. I don't, I don't think either one of us questioned that he oh, is better than some of the guys ahead. I don't know that he's going to do a better job for you than, than Jordan Montgomery did. I doubt it. Wouldn't you say Jordan Montgomery is just as good as he is? Your turn. Mm, he, I, I, my, yeah. Montgomery is a different kind of pitcher. Okay, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'd do. If I could have Jordan Montgomery or Sonny Gray, same price, I'm taking Montgomery. Now you take who you want. I think it's a toss-up between those two. Well, I, one's I, a righty and one's a lefty. I would still like to go. I'd like to see the Cardinals go out and get him. I'd like to see both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to see what uh, Marty has to say? Marty Michel, you better believe it. All right. Let's kick off the Monday Marty party. Marty Michel will join us on the other side. We'll talk to the Love Shack on the Sports Huddle, SEMO ESPN. It's the Sports Huddle, SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM. And you can always find us online, SEMOESPN.com. It's Monday. That means time for the Monday Marty Party. Marty Michau joins us on the EBOMD Huddle Hotline. Let's welcome in the Love Shack. Marty, how was your weekend? Oh, man, great weekend. There's some unbelievable college and pro football games. And uh, I like to hear the baseball talk start now. And I like to hear... It's, it's mosaic piling on time to start the week. That's always fun to hear. I, I love the Sonny Gray signing. I mean, he is a terrific pitcher. Uh, but unfortunately, you get the vibe, Marty, that with the signing of 36-year-old Kyle Gibson and 37-year-old Lance Lynn, it'll be 37 when the season gets going, uh, you just kind of feel like with Michaelis and Matt's already in the fold, Zach Thompson, Lieberto, you just feel like this is it. I mean, they're they're done shopping for the starting rotation. Now uh, they'll start to look at some bullpen pieces. I hope I'm wrong about that. You just get that feeling. Do you get that feeling? Yeah, it'd be interesting. I know this must have just come down. You know, we're be interesting once the you know the post starts writing articles about this. And they start quoting Mosaic, you know, what he says, you know, because that'll be a question now. Are you done, at least with starting pitching? Do you, do you think this is, you know, your staff for next year? I'm sure that, so we'll find out what his thoughts. 
one thing I want to remind people, not that I'm a mosaic apologist, but I always like try to take the realistic. And he probably, you know, for people who think it's mosaic going in with an unlimited checkbook, I'm sure DeWitt, don't you think DeWitt is telling Mosaic approximately what kind of money he can spend? Don't you think, Jeff? Of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah. He, he owns the club. He has to sign off on anything. And, and But what I was going to get at, so say, okay, right now for their starting pitching additions for next year, they're, they've shelled out in the ballpark of what, 45, 46, 47 million. So if Mosaic was told that's about what he can spend for starting pitching additions for next year, say you wanted to get that Japanese guy, that would have probably been the whole lot on him. So if those were Mosaic's parameters, he probably did halfway decent for making the additions. I'm not saying it wasn't parameters, but for people who think Mosaic can just go out and get whoever he wants, no matter what the cost, you know, and one other thing I will say about Gray, I do love the signing of Gray. Say, okay, now people seem to think they want a higher level for an ace than Gray. Say you don't, everything I read, Gray really wanted to come to the Cardinals or that was one of his teams. He played at Vanderbilt. I think he lives in that region. I think he lives in Tennessee. So say you, 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 you don't sign Gray, he signs with somebody, and then you miss on other guys that maybe you target. You know what I'm saying? To me, it was a great signing just for the fact that if you hold out for somebody better, you might not get him. If you know you can get Gray, go out and get him. I agree with you. In a perfect world, get another ace, too. But I'd be surprised if they're going to shell out another $30 million a year after already shelling out close to 50 I agree with you guys. I think they're done for starting pitching shopping. Uh, let me tell you, throw you another scenario out there. Forty-eight million is what those three pitchers cost. Okay, D uh, Gray, uh, Gibson, and Lynn. Forty-eight million. If you give me forty-eight million, and it's going to cost me thirty million a year to get the Japanese pitcher, I'll take him over those other three, and you can t keep those other three, and still leaves me thirteen million a year to sign a Michael Waka. Or someone like that, uh, uh, Gibson, if I want him or whatever. But I'd rather have two of those with the, the Japanese pitcher number one. Of course, the only thing you get into there is the Cards have done this for the two-year deal at the most. Whereas uh, uh, Yakamoto or whatever his name is. I Yama, always got Yamamoto. Yamamoto. He, he would require six or eight years. You know, there's where you get the overall contract. And Eric is more in tune with this, but I am. Yamamoto's going to cost more than thirty million a year, and he with the posting fee and, and with with the fee, isn't he going to cost way over thirty million a year, Eric? Well, they speculate it's going to be over two hundred million to get him under contract. Now, yeah. how long that contract is for, we don't know. Yeah, I agree yeah, with no. that. Because uh, I've seen that too, Marty. That there's going to be a payoff to the Japanese league. Just to yeah, I have that's a chance a stipulation, to sign. but yeah, no, I agree with you, Jess. I'd rather have Tim too. But but say you hold out for him, and when everybody else wants him, and if if you knew for sure you can get Gray, I say go get him rather than take a chance on not getting somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, now that Noah's gone, the other three or four really attractive free agents, everybody's going to be wanting them, or at least half the league. Well, see, I but, don't have any problems with anyway, Sonny Gray. 
I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't have a problem with Gibson. My problem is with Lance Lynn. I would rather have Waka for probably the same money or a little less than Lance Lynn. I I think what the Cardinals, if I was thinking, their thinking to sign Lynn and Gibson was, right away, let's get a couple guys. Just in case we don't, we, we fail on getting the guys later on, at least get a couple guys you know are going to at least be able to, like, you know, probably based on their history, be injury-free and be able to be in the rotation rather than, you know, Mass is a crapshoot for sure. And then with those younger, I think with Lynn, Lynn and Gibson, Cardinals are thinking, man, you know, maybe a Thompson or Lerator will come up and be well, and you might end up not even having to start those guys the whole year. You know what I'm saying? I don't anyway, think that's what you're thinking. Who knows? You, I'll, I'll see it on the baseball stuff. You guys follow the baseball way more than I do, but uh, I do. I do like the ground. I mean, Eric, Eric put out the stats, man. He was probably a top. Five, six pitcher in all of baseball last year. Yes, he was. Well, other than record, eight and eight. All right, Marty. Huge weekend in college football, and it started with Michigan beating Ohio State for a third straight time. Uh, they get the late interception, even with Harbaugh uh, in quarantine, and the. Ohio State fan base has gone nuts on social media, especially immediately following wanting Ryan Day out uh, in Columbus, which would be ludicrous. Ryan Day now, Jess, now think about this. He's in his fifth season, Ryan Day. He's lost three straight to Michigan. Okay, that that's unacceptable. But Ryan Day now, with the loss to Michigan, in his career at Ohio State is 56-7. and seven. In the Big Ten, Marty, Ryan Day is 38-0. and 0. He has never lost to any team other than Michigan in the Big Ten. Three college football playoff appearances, a couple of Big Ten titles. Is it crazy talk for people to freak out and say we can't beat Michigan? Day's got to go. Well, that, for realistic people, it's crazy talk, but not for these fanatics. You know, what what is that? What does fans stand for anyway, fanatics? So these people at the highest levels of the robbery, I remember years ago, uh, I think in the 90s, Ohio State had a coach called John Cooper that had a tremendous record. He couldn't be Michigan, and they fired him with a probably not quite as good a record as Dave, but it probably wasn't that far off. But that's how those huge rivalries go, man. But uh, I can't I can't imagine the, the, the actual university firing Ryan Day, but – I can see that some of the fanatical fans want to see him go after that uh, losing three years in a row. It was a good game, but uh, I, I didn't really have any confidence in Ohio State winning that game. Well, they, you know, Ohio State fans got pretty spoiled because let's not forget Urban Meyer was seven and zero. He never lost to Michigan and won a national championship. So those are big shoes to fill. And now that he's uh, one and three and lost three straight against Michigan, uh, certainly the heat is on Ryan Day. Uh, one of the great finishes of the weekend was Washington uh, holding on, kicking a late field goal from Washington State. And the Huskies, Marty, now 12-0 and and certainly will be in that top four. They had a walk-on kicker 
and he comes out, kicks a game-winning field goal, Jess. First and, time all year. Wasn't and it? in the locker room after the game, they gave the kid a scholarship. Yeah. I, I saw that on the video. That was pretty cool. That's a good game. I watched those both games, all the games you're talking about so far. The Alabama game is what ticked me off. I mean, I'm sitting there, you know, fourth down and 31 yards to go, and you let a guy get completion in the end zone on a routine route. This guy's running to the left side, and you're guarding him or you're trailing him like a, it's a one-on-one deal. You should have seven guys in that in that end zone, and you shouldn't be looking at the receiver. You they, should be they, looking back. They did have that many guys in yeah, the end zone. Yeah, you should be Actually, looking back, though, uh, at the quarterback. They were playing later. They had eight guys in the end zone, but there was five receivers in the end zone. So three guys in the middle were being double covered. That's six defenders. The receivers in the corners were being single covered. That's eight defenders. And it, it, it is a horrible play to give up. But what a throw that was. I mean, that was a laser right in the back. It was, How many Marty? quarterbacks could have made that throw so Nobody's perfect? questioning the throw. I'm just saying as, as a defending that cornerback, you're looking back at the quarterback. You know he's coming down there. He's coming that way. You only rush two guys, so he's going to be a. He's got to get 31 yards. So it's going to be. You're not going to throw a 10 yards short and hope a guy can run in. But turn around and see the quarterback if you're a defender. Don't have your back to the quarterback. It's a, just a bad play. The guy, the defender, DJ James, is a senior, Marty. How he's got his back turned. I don't know. It's just like watching the Eagles game yesterday where Jalen Hurts threw into double coverage in the end zone for their first touchdown, and the defender is looking at the receiver, not turning and looking for the ball. I don't know what it is about this deer-in-the-headlights thing where guys cannot flip their head and look for the football. They were 32 yards away from the end zone. If James turns his head, he knocks that ball down. They were 32 yards away. Yes. At Alabama, and yes. they had to get to the one. So you know he's throwing in the end zone. It's going to be a Hail Mary. I just I just think that was well or terribly executed. I don't like rushing two guys, for one thing, me, because guys stood back there. As long as he needed to stand, he could stand there. Marty, it was 10 years since the kick six. Weird <laughs> things happen in the Iron Bowl at Jordan-Hare Stadium. No doubt. And why do they say in defense in football, though, the hardest position in football is quarterback? Because, man, you're on the island. But I agree with what you're saying, but it was a tremendous throw now. Yes. The quandary on, on, as a defensive guy, or, I'm talking coach, and he would have been criticized either way if they, uh, but, you know, to let, it, to let the quarterback have that much time because you're on now. If you do rush a bunch, you know, then you leave defenders more vulnerable in the back, but. But, man, if you'd actually just put some heat on the guy so he didn't have all time to sit back there. But uh, but I know what you guys are saying. It was bad defense. But that was – there's probably five quarterbacks in the country that would have made that kind of perfect throw. Didn't you honestly – Marty, that, didn't you honestly think, though, that Alabama would still win that game or still have a chance? Not, not, not at fourth and goal from the 31. Well, I, I, I did. I did. My son-in-law and me <laughs> sat there and watched the game, and I said, you watched something weird happen here. A defensive penalty, something's going to happen where Alabama's going to get this Well, that touchdown. wasn't even the weird thing. Bad teams lose games. They find ways yeah. to lose, and Auburn muffs the punt. That's how they there got the go. ball. Yeah. And then you got a defender that can't turn around. 
Bad teams find ways to lose, and Auburn now is a six-loss team. They're a bad team. Give them credit. They gave Alabama all they wanted, but uh, bad teams find a way to lose. They just do. I, I, I agree. But at least it makes the SEC championship game a little more exciting. And, uh, Eric, you're talking about the Washington. You know, Washington's been squeezing by lately so many games, and Oregon's been killing everybody. Oregon is a nine and a half point favorite already over undefeated Washington for the Big Pac-12 championship. I don't think. Uh, well, I, I think Oregon's going to win. I think Oregon's going to beat them. I, th- I think they might destroy him. Uh, well, I mean, the, the thing I was going to say real quick, and we talked some basketball, is that a lot of years recently, going into the playoff, 14 playoff, you're thinking, well, only two or three teams probably have a chance to win it anyway. This is the one year where it'd be fun to have the 12 clean playoff already because there's probably six or seven teams you could think have a chance to win the championship, don't you think? Absolutely, all the way down to uh, to Texas, Alabama. Texas, I mean, yeah, what, what are they? Texas, seven Alabama, and eight. Oregon, Washington. Most of those teams aren't even going to get in, and you can you can make it. Most years, you don't think any of these teams. Most years, the Pac-12 goes into the playoff if if they ever get in and they get killed. Where this is one year where you can make a case for seven, eight teams. Where you know, last year before they go to twelve, it's a great year to have the twelve. And uh, if they did have 12, Missouri would get a pretty nice little seed here. Marty, uh, they blow out Arkansas as expected, 48-14. Cody Schrader, 217 rushing yards. Missouri, 10-2 and for the first time since 2014. Uh, what, a, what a year. There was a lot of pressure on Eli Drinkwitz. Do, would you say that's a fair assessment? I'm not saying they made it seem like on, on the television broadcast they were ready. To, I mean, they, I think they actually used the, whoever the color guy was. They wanted to tar and feather him. That's not the case. I mean, he wasn't coaching for his job. They, they needed improvement. He signed a contract extension. You wanted to see if the fan base could get engaged and you wanted to see if you believe that Eli Drinkwitz has a chance to be the guy at Missouri. I think he's answered that question, right? No doubt. And I, I don't think he was on the hot seat. But if, if they, they would have had a bad year loss and only won maybe four or five games, it, it potentially could have, you know, the way these people are making these buyouts now with the, the coaching contract. One thing about Mizzou, think about it, their two losses were highly competitive. They lost to the best team in the country and to the best player in the country. Yeah, I was that, gonna... LSU, that LSU game, Jaden Daniels basically beat him by himself. He was so spectacular, and he 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 beat a lot of teams almost by himself. I I was going to say the same thing, Marty. That the two losses that Missouri got was to Georgia and LSU, and the both they were underdogs in both games. I think on the on the betting line. So they didn't. They Missouri never had an upset. Is what I'm saying all year long. They won some games they predicted not to win, but they didn't lose any that they shouldn't have lost. You know what I mean? Those and two they teams they lost. And like I say, and both their losses were highly well. LSU they had to lead to late, and Georgia they were right there. And yeah, they got it was no doubt a tremendous year. They'll get a, a, a tremendous bowl, one of those six they call them the New, New Year's Six Bowls. That's a that's a huge bowl game. Uh, I saw I saw one report that possibility 
if Texas doesn't make the playoffs, you know, Texas still has a chance if, if a couple of teams lose. But if Texas doesn't make the playoff, maybe Mizzou, Texas in the Cotton Bowl, that'd be a good game. That would be a good game. Uh, Marty, college basketball, SEMO men dropped both of their games uh, in Chattanooga over the weekend. And right now, you can tell Coach Corn is concerned about the offense. That's the third time in six games they've been held under 60 points. And, he, you know, he was optimistic yesterday after their loss to a good Chattanooga team who's 5-1 and one and a road win at Louisville. Uh, he said, you know, I, I like some of the shots we're getting. We're just not knocking down shots right now. Uh, I would say that's a fair assessment. I mean, they're getting some shots. you got to think the more Division One experience a lot of these young guys get, uh, some of those shots are going to start going down. You would think, because if, if Adam Larson wasn't shooting the ball so good, Timo's offense would really be looking bad, and uh, defense doesn't look too good. Their non-conference schedule as a whole is not – overly strong but early in the year they played now who knew evansville i mean we'll see how good evansville is going into the season most realistic people would have thought well that's probably two two good chances at a win and you've been blown out twice who knew evansville would be that much better you know chattanooga is generally pretty good they weren't expecting that great this year but they look pretty good and then butler and grand canyon speak for themselves but their schedule definitely lights up kansas city's not good they still have four non-D1s to play over the next few weeks, so their record's going to start getting better. Now, that doesn't mean you'll feel that much better about your uh, your team unless you start playing better, but uh, it's a long season. I wouldn't get too down. And one thing people have to remember, too, it's not like in the old days where to do good in the OVC, you really had to have a legitimately good team. Now, if you're just halfway decent, you can do good in the OVC because it's just not nearly as strong as it was, so... I wouldn't be down on SEMO yet, uh, but they, they haven't looked good. I mean, the only team they've even been competitive against, Central Arkansas, who's really bad. So not a lot of good signs so far, but it is early in the season. Now you look at the teams they played uh, and lost to, Grand Canyon's 4-1, and one, Butler's 5-2, and two, Evansville's 6-0, and oh, and Chattanooga's 5-1. and one. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty strong record of the five teams that you, that you lost to. No doubt. And the rest of the way, if you look at the records of who they're playing, like KC's, what, two and five. Illinois State has a bad record. Fort Wayne's usually solid. They'll be hard to beat. And then the four nine D ones, like I say, you, you, your non conference record will still be probably close to what it was last year, you know, uh, and you end up winning the OVC tournament. So, like I said, I wouldn't panic too much for CMO fans, although it's, uh, it's not looking good right now. Purdue Fort Wayne is six and one, Marty. Yeah, they're usually a solid. They lost most of their players early in the year. It's hard to go on records because, other than money games, a lot of teams don't play a whole lot of really good competition real early in the season. So, uh, so, so, so we'll see. I mean, out of the non-conference teams they have left, Purdue Fort Wayne, I would think, would be the hardest game to win. Uh, but anyway, what do I know? I said before the season, you know, Evansville is probably two wins, and Chattanooga you should be competitive with, and none of that comes true. So what do I know? And uh, the first, I think, uh, Brad Corn's first season, they went and won at Kansas City. Kansas City's lost five in a row. They just played three games in the Bahamas uh, in a tournament, and they lost all three. And 
They haven't been uh, real competitive. Uh, it would be big to go there Thursday, pick up a road win, and then you come back for a couple of home games. Yeah, I'm sure both teams are looking at the other like, man, this team's not very good. We we got a chance to win this game. So uh, Kansas City hasn't been very good for a long time, I don't think. So, uh, but anyway, I we'll see if Simo's not even. I can't imagine them not being competitive Thursday. And you got to think it's kind of a also kind of game that they've got a good decent chance to win. What else, Marty? Uh, man, how about that Buffalo uh, Philly game yesterday? That was a crazy game. Philly, so the I'm, Eagles have four games in a row. Fifty-eight they've been yards at halftime, and in all four of those games, they've been outgained in yards, and they found a way to win. That that Jalen Hurts is a money quarterback. Yeah, I'm telling is. you, I'm riding the bus back from Chattanooga. I'm watching the end of that game, and right before they scored the game-winning touchdown, I am on a bus driving home from Chattanooga, and I'm saying, Hertz is going to run this in. He is going to run. How can I know that? And he doesn't even get touched by the Buffalo defense. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was a great play. To me. But, I mean, I just knew he was going to run. The Philadelphia Eagles were lucky to be in overtime. A 58-yarder, yeah. the longest in history for this young man. Wow, a 58-yard field goal to get the tie. Man, that that was something. And rain and wind, that was a tremendous kick. And the uh, real quick, the uh, the Chiefs' offense looked kind of like uh, maybe it's coming around a little bit. So uh, there's hope for the Chiefs too. Rasheed Rice, I mean, he's got a chance to be a pretty good uh, wide receiver, and uh, that was an impressive touchdown he he's, had yesterday. He looks good, and you can see why they stick with him. He drops a lot of balls, but uh, boy, he's capable of taking it to the house any any moment. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, with, with the football, some of these guys, I think about what you always say with baseball, young prospects, don't give up on them. In football, man, a guy might be struggling early. Young guys, man, if you know they've got the talent, you don't give up on these guys, man. You keep feeding them in. He he could be a tremendous receiver down the line. Oh, no doubt. I mean, that's uh, kind of what I just said. Uh, you know, he's made, he drops a lot of balls. You can't get away from that. He does. Easy catches. But – he also can make the great play, you know. So yeah, you can you can't give up on a guy like that. And the 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 schedule for the Chiefs, they're going to be battling with Baltimore for the number one seed. It's at Green Bay, and uh, you know Jordan Love looked a lot better on Thanksgiving. Uh, that's three good games in a row for Love. So maybe he's uh, starting to turn a corner. You host Buffalo, but it's at Green Bay. Host Buffalo at New England. Host Vegas, who you own. Host Cincinnati without Joe Burrow. And then it's at the L.A. Chargers. And by that time, I'm sure Brandon Staley's fired. They've got a real chance to still get that number one seed, Marty. Yeah, I haven't seen the Ravens schedule. But, yeah, the Chiefs should definitely uh, have a good chance probably to win out or maybe lose one at the most. Uh, yeah, Ravens are looking good. But uh be great for Chiefs. Like I say, Patrick Mahomes has never played a a, a non-Super Bowl playoff game outside of Kansas City. No, he hasn't. I don't know what the Chiefs would do if they had to do that. So the Ravens host the Rams. They go to Jacksonville, go to San Francisco, host Miami, host Pittsburgh. Chiefs schedule oh, much yeah. easier. San Francisco, Miami, and, and Jacksonville right now. Ravens, Jacksonville's yeah, not an easy place to go. Harder. Yeah. Chiefs not have even close. easier schedule. 
Marty, we'll uh, check up next week. You, you go into the uh, the classroom on the court game at 11 a.m. tomorrow for the Red Hawk women. I don't know if I'm going to make that, but I'll try to swing by if I can. All right. If so, we'll see you there. I'll see you guys. All right, Marty. Michelle, just hello to the uh, lovely and talented Dawn Sean. She's just coming off a uh, 12-hour shift, so uh, she is tuning into the show. Hope she has a wonderful day. Uh, you got a final... Uh, Final nugget? Yeah, I want to say hi to my girls, too. They're back home in Texas and Columbia. And my boys running around here somewhere. It's nice to have the kids around over the week. And we had a great time. So, anyway, how about this one? This is new material. No man has any natural authority over his fellow men. I agree with that. Natural authority. That was written by Jean Jacques Rousseau. I think, I've, I think I've quoted him before. Yeah. We like Jeannie. All right, Jess. Uh, we are off tomorrow because of the SEMO women's basketball uh, classroom on the court game at the Show Me Center. So we're back on Wednesday. Reconvene? Yeah. All right. That's the Hall of Famer. Stay tuned. Greeny coming up. Enjoy your Monday, everybody. Coaches show, Wings and Cape at 12 noon. <laughs>